Hello everyone on Kardec Radio Facebook page. This is Brian Foster. I'm here. We're talking tonight about reincarnation. The subject tonight we're going to start with is how to ascend. First, this is all about Spiritism, the Spirit's Book, codified by Alan Kardec in the 1850s. Alan Kardec has written many books, uh, five main books I recommend everyone to get. You can get his books on PDF. You can get his books. You go to my site, nwspiritism.com, click on his picture, and you will go to the EDICI bookstore, and you can find his books. Of course, you can also find his books on Amazon.com if you want the paperback. Of course, as I said before, they're on PDF. That's how I first read them. I was very excited to get them. Uh, but you can get them from the EDICI bookstore. Actually, I think it's only like $9 each, uh, which is very inexpensive compared to what you'll find on Amazon.com. But And there's also other wonderful books by Chico Xavier, uh, Yvonne Piera, and other authors. The other book I'd recommend for people who are interested in spiritism, which I just thought, I mean, to me, it was a wonderful book. I love this book, The Gospel According to Spiritism. It explains many things that, you know, parables that were kind of confusing to me. You know, maybe I wasn't, you know, into like I am to now, but I couldn't interpret them correctly. This gives you a wonderful spiritist interpretation. It tells you what he meant by the meek shall inherit the earth. The last shall be the, the first all sorts of things that you weren't yeah, not too sure about. This explains everything. And I cannot recommend this book to you enough. Of course, I also recommend the books by uh, uh, Chico Xavier, Henri Luis, series of books, No Solar, and other books like that. But this one, I think, uh, I really think you would, you would uh, enjoy immensely. But tonight, we are talking about reincarnation. Of course, this is my book on reincarnation. And the reason I wrote this book is, is because I took information from different spiritist authors, all the way from the Spirits book to Leon Denis, to Chico Xavier, and really talked about, and of course, Yvonne Piera, and talked about, and I accumulated everything I could about reincarnation from uh, mediums who were spiritists, spiritist mediums and what was reincarnation what's the process the aim everything so this i wrote this book in order for you to accumulate in one area what i knew and what i was able to gather about reincarnation so that of course that's kind of how i i wrote my book like explore your destiny and some other books is really kind of bring together these writings because a lot of the writings such as from Reverend Zivao and, and, you know, the whole Andre Luis series, is more of a narrative. And it's an excellent book. I recommend everyone to read those. But it's more of a narrative. It's telling the story while giving you information at the same time. I try to bring this and say, okay, this is the process. This is where they talk about reincarnation. In this book and that book, this is what it means. So I tried to bring all this to give you a good idea. Now, other books I've written... I've, you know, like in my book, uh, The Seven Tenths of Spiritism, is more of a personal, my personal journey in spiritism, how I saw the signs and, and signals of spiritism. So I have different books for, you know, people who would like to see things. Of course, I recommend, really, The Headwaters is a spirits book. I, I've been talking to people uh, in um, 
and from who've contacted me from this uh, study spiritism dot uh, org, and I like to put that up again. So I've had people talk to me. So spiritismstudy.org, please go to there. And if you'd like to talk to me, and we'd like to, you'd like to discuss certain books you've read, questions you have, doubts you have. I mean, I welcome everything. It's, we don't try and force anybody to do anything. It's mostly the first meeting is just talking about what you want to learn, what, why you're interested, what's important to you, those type of things. So I would recommend everyone going to spiritsomestudy.org. Uh, and you can sign up for me or other people. Of course, go to, uh, stay on, tell your friends about Kardec Radio Facebook page or many other people who, who, uh, stream live, uh, Vanessa Anzalone, uh, Carol, other people, and they are wonderful to listen to. Please share my stream, my, uh, their videos also. Share them around Facebook page. I also have a YouTube channel. Now, what I'm talking about tonight, I will put up on my YouTube channel and my BitChute channel. You can also subscribe to that by hitting the um, hitting the link on that, which will show you which is the YouTube channel, and it will be right on my nwspiritism.com. Please go there, subscribe, hit the bell if you want to be notified. I do about three or four, uh, yeah, at least four lately, uh, new videos. I do long videos like this one. I do short videos, and I've actually just did a video today talking about reincarnation. So let's get into that. But before I go into how to, how to ascend, I want to tell everyone what I learned yesterday when I was talking to a medium. And I go over this more in depth in the video I'm going to upload uh, to YouTube probably in a, in a week or so. But what I learned yesterday, now I've, I've talked on these videos on my first meeting, mediums meeting, that, you know, I'm not a medium, but I was sitting in, you know, along the side of the wall where I belong. And I was given a message saying that I had failed many times. And what I had failed at is I was given responsibility to people. Instead, through my selfishness and pride and greed, uh, I took advantage of people. I probably took their money. I was, I'm sure I was corrupt. Uh, and I, you know, I took their money instead of helping the people like I should have. But... There was more. I knew I wasn't a good person. There's more. So I was talking to a medium yesterday, and he was. You know, we were talking, and then he, he kind of looked at me, and then he said, "Have you ever had problems with your feet?" And I said, "No, not really." I, you know, he goes, "Well, in a previous life, you cut people's feet off." It's like, oh my heavens. And this is what I talk about in my book, um, The Case for Reincarnation. And also, also I talk about it in my book, The Problem is the Solution. What you've done in your past lives will tell you the problems you had in your present or future lives. So if I had done that, then one would think I would come back as missing feet or very bad feet or have my, you know, something would happen that would make me feel what it's like to be without that. But I was fine, right? It, it wasn't part of uh, 
wasn't part of my life so far. One never knows. And he said, well, that was a very long time ago. So what I, I infer from that is that I must have lived in her, you know, subsequent lives before this life and paid for that role. Plus, in this life here, I've, I haven't been, as far as I know, I may, you know, I haven't been depressed or I haven't, what I'm thinking is I haven't really been attacked by spirits who tried to make me depressed or tried to make me, you know, obsessed over anything. I've never had that problem. I've never really had enemies in life. You know, I don't know, maybe some spats, but not really any enemies that tried to destroy me like other people have had. So, and which of course should have happened to me if I had done this recently, because there would be a whole army of spirits who would think that they would need to take revenge on me. Hopefully most of them would learn. I would apologize and they would understand. I probably did that to them because they did that to someone previously. This whole thing always compounds upon itself. And I would apologize and um, they would accept that and know that I will be taught my lessons by the spirit world. They don't need to teach me. But there's always some who need, and I don't blame them, right? I, I probably did the same thing in an earlier part of my spirit life, thinking that I had the exact revenge. So I thought that might be interesting for people to hear. So now let's get to what we are talking about. And what we are talking about tonight is how to ascend. And it's important because this is what I, that's why I wanted to introduce this part is because it shows you that here I am, I'm talking about spiritism and I was a really terrible person. And it, I think my life and what I've been told by the spirit world shows that anyone, even someone as bad as I was, can improve themselves. You know, people ask me, they ask questions like, well, what about someone like Stalin? You know, will he ever, you know, he killed what, 20 million or 10 million people. And I think Mao killed 20 million people. You know, they starved. Hitler killed uh, more than six or plus more in, in the war. I mean, these people are truly what we consider truly evil. But the spirit world tells us there's no such person as all evil or all good around around the earth. So everyone, including all those terrible people I just mentioned, everyone will at some time get better. They will improve. They will understand what they did was out of the bounds of what spirit is, what God wants us to do. And therefore, that's why I want to talk about how to ascend. Because if even I, who did, and now I know I did very terrible things, much to my, oh, my total consternation. Um, I, you know, it's, I, when he told me that, I pictured that in my mind. I just, oh, it was horrible. So here I am, you know, quite realistically, I was a very horrible terrible person and i think this life i don't know about previous lives i think i've gotten somewhat better and therefore now that we and you and i understand what reincarnation is for right it's our path to perfection the question is 
The question is, how do we succeed? How do we improve ourselves? What should be the governing philosophy of your life that will not only allow you to survive your trials, but emerge victorious? Now, many religions have told this before, right? And of course, we try to selectively choose what we wish to follow in order to create that balance between being a good person in our own minds, right? And living in a culture that we were born into. We all understand that life is one of constant choices between good and evil, comfort and hardship, honor and advancement. Nothing is totally black and white to us. Right? When we become adults, we learn that. Society forces us to compromise daily. The little lies we tell to smooth over difficulties, the moments we advert our gaze away from problems that seem unsurmountable. The times that we have to restrain our secret desires, the times we give in. The spirit world doesn't expect us to be chaste saints. They fully understand the thousand burdens we are exposed to as soon as we take on a physical mantle. In fact, we are expected and even pushed to go out into the world to accomplish two goals. And, of course, I talk about this and how to ascend. And what I'm giving you is more of a, more of a summary. I talk about this much more in my book, how to live inner peace through spiritism, which I would recommend. And it really goes through in each, each, there's 24 steps that was given to us by Andre Luis. Goes in, in much more what Andre Luis meant by what he said. How do we, you know, what the spirit world means and how do we achieve it? But here in, on the topic of reincarnation, I'm going to go through in a more, uh, man, uh, more of a survey. So, we are given two goals, right? We need to learn to survive in many diff different situations from multiple points of view. So we have amassed the experience to fully comprehend every possible combination of life events. And this, we must internalize the message from these trials so we may be able to extend our love and understanding to others caught in the same circumstances. Whereupon, in our next life, we should be able to effectively surmount problems and assist others in their endeavors with a cool head and a calm heart. Secondly, what's our second mission? If at all possible, we are to present and to set an example to help lead society to a kinder, more inclusive state, which shall move our planet a bit closer to the goal of a just world. Most probably, but not by any active role, but simply living an honorable life at pillar to all, where others know that you are impartial and wise, a person to come for for advice and comfort, an example for those around you to follow, in which we must fully partake in our civil duties to show that we are all in this together, and we must provide guidance and solutions, solutions which are equitable to all and still allow those who need to strive for betterment in their lives to achieve that goal. And there's a lot of information about this in spiritual literature, which is you know, not to be condescending, etc. But here is my, you know, it's, it's more of this is my summary list. I, of course, I say it before I go much more into this on how to live inner peace of spiritism. But for the purposes of this conversation, let's talk about, you know, why shorter list, right? And I realize that every religion or doctrine has their list, right? We have the Ten Commandments. We have separate rules for Buddhists, Mormons, and countless other 
religions. There are similarities and there are differences. And the major difference with Spiritism is there are no ceremonial or dietary rules, only moral, because whatever rituals, whatever clothes, right, whatever rituals you have or clothes you wear or food you consume is unimportant and has no effect on your spiritual condition. If you wish to follow any type of non-moral regulation, that is entirely up to you. So, here's my list, and not any particular order, and this is not the official spiritist list. I have gathered what I believe to be pertinent, you know, the kind of the higher level pertinent, the very highest level, of course, is what's told to us in Allan Kardec's The Spirit's Book, and that is, if you want to summarize spiritism, it's follow the golden rule. That's what this, you know, the spirit of truth told us, you know, through his, the, the, you know, his management of the spirits talking to different mediums, to Alan Kardec, who codified what the medium sent him as long as two mediums uh, agreed on what the, what the answers were. So, do unto others as you would have others do unto you. That is really, if you want the, the newspaper headline, of what Jesus wants us to do on earth, right? And also the, the same golden rule, you'll see this in other religions, in almost everything, even what Socrates said, that is the main summary. But let's go to, let me go down a little bit deeper. Let me explore it, right? Not as deep as I do in my, my book, How to Live, but let's talk about it. So, so one other caution is, do I practice what I preach? Well, I try, but of course I fail constantly. And I wrote this for more for myself than for you. And it's the reason I, I wrote this first. And then later on, as I learned more and more, I wrote my book, How to Live Inner Peace of Spiritism. And because I wrote it a lot for me, I, I tried to say, okay, do I understand? And it really helps for, uh, it helped me to, to understand more about these things. So I hope this is useful to you. So, and of course, you yourself, please discover yourself for what is relevant for you and ignore what you think I, is deemed unrequired. So my list is, 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 I put this down to six things, right? Love, fraternity, charity, honor, selflessness, and spiritualism, right? Sounds pretty easy, doesn't it? And I look at this list and think that I am pretty far along, right? I'm ready for a higher level, right? But I take a second look when I read this, and I decipher what is the opposite of each. And this is what I did here, and I did this in my book, uh, The Case for Reincarnation. Because if you look at the opposite, it really determines what we can't do. So, let's talk about love. The opposite of love, to many people, is hate, right? But really, the opposite of love to many spirits is, is indifference, right? But let's Talk about hate first. So therefore, all you do is don't hate. Not even your local corner drug dealer that you see corrupting others, right? Don't wish that he or she could be placed in a garbage barge and told far away to be dumped in the ocean, right? Don't hate those people that are killing others in, you know, that you see in YouTube executions. And that, you know, this is, when you start thinking about it, this is pretty tough, right? Most of us know not to hate because of race, sexual preference, religion, or any other differences. Society has come far. We can intellectualize why that would be wrong. But when we see a specific example, our first impulse is to smash it like a bug, without hesitation, without pity. Now, why is that? 
Why do we want to destroy that which we don't like, you know? Because our instinct, created by multiple lifetimes of primitive survival, informs us to remove threats to our life and to our tribe's welfare. After all, wouldn't the vast majority of society be better off without such vermin, whatever we decide, right? The short answer, of course it would, right, to our own minds. But that would be the answer only if we had one life, and protecting our gene pool is our greatest imperative, right? The sad fact is that we too have been the equivalent to a worthless piece of scum within society. We all have, right? We, unfortunately, and you, and as I said earlier about me, I really should have been wiped off. Hence, we need to pity that person and pray for their enlightenment, because we're all immortal souls. If we, you know, if we destroy a person that we don't like in this life, they'll just be reborn again. And if we destroyed their life or whatever they're trying to do too early, they won't learn the lessons given to them by the spirit world so they can improve. For in their next life, they can be better and better and better in subsequent lives. This is why there's so much wrong with our intolerance in today's society. And that's why it's wrong to censor and to artificially not let people speak because everyone should be able to speak and we should listen politely. We can certainly say, no, you're, you're full of it. We can turn off the video. We can turn off the TV. We don't have to listen to anything, but we should not censor people. So, watch why we should say, you know, it's not to say that we shouldn't, that some people shouldn't be locked up for what they do if it's, if it's truly criminal, right? After all, a good decade or so behind bars may give them the suffering required for them to think twice about embarking on the same career in their next life, right? But for people, you know, people who are just spouting ideas, we should respect that. So the important thing is control your passion, right? You can be indignant, which focuses your energy on solving a problem. But for pure primitive hate, it's a bad habit. So try to break it. Practice, like when you think about the monsters who rule North Korea, right? That no matter how good they think they have it, while their populace is terrorized and starving, they should, right? They too will someday wake up from their bodies with the realization their actions weren't such a good idea. Hello, Jacob. So through suffering in the spirit world and in our next physical life, these despotic leaders will understand our, our corrupt politicians or whatever you don't like, you don't have to worry about them. They'll understand the wrongness of their approach. Now, what's the next on the list? Fraternity, right? Now, there's no problem including, you know, everyone into your sphere of assistance and caring, right? Well, except maybe for that lower class family down the street or that girl was perishing that sells coffee, right? The reverse of a fraternity is exclusion. And we do this every day. Every time I walk down the street and pass by beggars on a sidewalk, I exclude the ones that look like drug users or alcoholics, and I may give to those who at least have somewhat a decent appearance. Now, I'm not saying that one has to give money to everybody, because after all, if they're drug dealers or alcoholics, all you're doing is you're allowing them to supply their habit. You're enabling them, which is a bad idea. But what I am trying to say is don't, don't say something bad in your mind. Try in your mind, say, God bless you. I hope you get through your trials. I hope you learn, right? Don't, don't even think, as, after all, that's why we're on earth. We're on earth to start changing, wiring our brain, right? Try to think something 
benevolent or something, you know, love. You don't have to say anything, but at least try to think it. Try to start rewiring your brain. It's a normal reaction to think, uh, you know, and, and you're doing well by keeping your mouth shut. But as I started this show before, all of us have been down in the dregs, right? We too have been on the outside and needed help. So at the very least, a polite nod and accepting smile. The spirit world doesn't expect us all to be Mother Teresa's. But we can be like that statue in the park, looking down at everyone with absolute impartiality, supplying shade to those who come sit in our shadow. Now, let's talk about charity. So, miserly comes to mind as the antimon of charity. And I hear you saying, well, you can't call me miserly miserly because I can't give the charity. And yes, you are correct. Most of us just manage to get by in the constant stream of requests for money from people, from government, from schools, churches, girls and boy scouts, whatever, drain what is ever left of our spendable cash. And this is where governments work to absolve us of our feeling to be charitable. They take money from us and distribute to the poor. It's all laudable, but that's not what the spirit world really wants. Of course, the government should help those people who are temporary on their luck, but they should not help people. They should not create a habit, a permanent environment of free money, free food. Everyone, every one of us needs to stand on our own feet, learn that self-discipline, and know what it's like to live on earth. So we have to learn of knowing ourselves and try every moment to resist our bad habits. Absolutely, Gabriel, that's well said. It's, and, and it's not only resist our bad habits, but we need to rewire our brain to, to not even indulge in those bad habits. So when we, when we see a stimuli that usually it would cause us to be mad or cause us to be, you know, uh, abrupt, right? rewire our brain to say okay wait for a second think or think something good if you can start changing your mind the the pathways of your thinking and and your character and your personality why you're on earth you are so far ahead every piece of spiritual spiritist literature that i have read says your time on earth is really the special time for you to to really rip out, rip out those primitive emotions and replace them with good emotions. Now, a lot of times that's done by giving us really hard trials. The spirit world says pain is a great teacher, but we can take away all sorts of fewer future trials and future dramatic or painful trials or suffering if we can do that ourselves. The spirit world doesn't want to punish us. They don't punish us. They give us our trials for our edification to teach us, just like we get we make students, even though they, oh, I have to go to this class. I hate this class. Even though we make them stay in class for 50 minutes, right? And they don't want to be there. Same way for us, right? We have to go through this trial because there's something we have to learn. Like your child, you, you know, you're going to have to civilize them. Well, we have to be civilized too. We're going to go to a place where thought is action. We have a much power, right? Not, not at first in the lower levels of heaven. That's not, we don't, we don't get that. We have to earn it as we go. So for charity, you're not required to give money. Only your heart and time is enough. What you give is up to you. 
advice, spiritual help, mowing the lawns for one who can't, whatever will let you feel the accomplishment of performing an altruistic service. Because, in again, reading in spiritist literature, being of service is one of the greatest rewards people can do. I knew this medium. She was in charge of, uh, not in charge, but she was part of a team to help people who just passed over and take them what she called home. Now, this wasn't No Solar. This was another place. She is from um, the Pacific Northwest. And she was telling me about this. And one of her one of her areas was when people passed over is convincing them, right? Because I've seen, seen this in mediums meeting, convincing them that they were, you know, no longer they're in their physical body. So people get confused because they still see themselves physically. They are who they are. You are who you are. Your personality has changed. You don't turn into an angel when you pass over. And I wrote back to her and I said, well, yeah, I go, I'm sure that would have been hard for someone like me. who you know, I'm really obstinate. She goes, oh, yeah, I had someone like, you know, I had someone like that. She goes, and I think this was back probably in the 19th century. She goes, I was on a beach and I was waiting for this person to show up and he came and he, what happened is he had drowned in a shipping accident, a steamer accident off the coast. And he, he was on the beach and he goes, and he sees me, he goes, uh, you, uh, give me a carriage. She goes, well, I don't know if you need a carriage. He goes, what do you mean? He goes, I need a carriage. I got to get home. You know, they don't know what happened to me. She goes, well, goes, I think you're not going to go home. And she tried to convince him he was dead. And finally she said, okay, if you just came off a ship, why aren't your clothes wet? And he goes, oh, yeah, why aren't my clothes wet? I didn't think of that, right? Finally, you know, this guy was used to giving orders, right? Go get me a carriage, whatever. Finally he goes, okay, yeah, I'm dead. So, this is advice she gave me. She loved that stuff. She loved helping people, right? And she said it was harder than you think, convincing people they were no longer alive. And, of course, I understand it because I've been in mediums meeting. When, when people come through mediums, they go, you know, what's wrong with me? No one talks to me, right? That's, and that's why, that's, that's why um, it's tough, right? Because you think you're the same, but no one knows you're around. So, that's charity is, is learn how to give service to the other thing we need to do is really become honorable. And what's the opposite of being honorable? Well, it's being dishonorable. Cheat, lie, skim off the top, take more than your share, all forms of behavior to avoid. Now, most people do shun these acts. A vast majority try every day to be fair and honorable in their daily interactions. All of us have, because we have our conscience, we have an innate belief in justice. We wish to live in a just society, and we realize that without our behavior conforming to that precept, we can't hope to attain our noble goal. Everyone has that feeling. It is the inheritance of the spirit world, where all of God's laws are just. Punishments are meted out, but those souls descending to the level of their choice and redemption is always waiting for each individual, like regular spacing of bus stops. Each time a spirit gets off one ride, they have choices to board the bus to righteousness or stay online to sorrow. It's part of our free will. 
So why is honor sometimes difficult to maintain? For, for those whose goal is to amass wealth at the expense of everything, honor simply isn't part of the equation. But for the rest of us, we are forced to suffer nicks and cuts in our honor, shield due to many causes, just a daily work routine, where culture, where the culture is to derive a profit amongst above everything else, influences our action. Flexibility is required given the pressures we are under. We must be careful not to deceive or take advantage of others. For example, during the internet boom in the late 1990s, I consulted for a software company that would issue a press release for vaporware. What is vaporware? It's, it's software that doesn't exist in hopes that it would raise the stock price. We just, we just, you know, ship this, this thing that does whatever. And of course, it never happened, but the fact that they, that they, you know, did the press release, hopefully the stock would go up a few pennies or dollar if they were lucky. So amusingly, soon afterwards, another company would issue a press, press release announcing they had software that could connect to our non-existent software, our vaporware. And at one event where the software businesses would gather to speak to Wall Street, and believe me, the people at Wall Street are easily fooled. They love to fool themselves. Don't believe anything. I talked to a consultant for a firm that reported they would work, they could work with our vaporware. When I told him the truth, he looked at me and we both laughed and shook our heads. What could we do? Neither one of us was in a position to halt such a practice. Therefore, I did what I could. I bide my time until I could get another job. Thankfully, I didn't have to look for another position for long because the lies finally caught up with that company and the company went under like a lot of companies did in the late 1990s. So, that's why I truly believe, and Spiritism tells us this, is what's the hardest trial? And I talk about this in uh, my book, and I'll talk about this later, is you know, the hardest trials are those of the rich, right? That's why it's harder, as you know, Jesus said, for a rich person to enter heaven. What I saw during those times when people went wild chasing after that multi-million dollar payoff really made an, impre an impression on me. It just... I was repulsed. And from that time, I mean, honestly, when, you know, you'd sell, you'd sell your mother. Well, that's the attitude I saw. People would sell their mother to, you know, to have that million dollars. I guess now, now that we're in the, you know, in 2019 is have that first billion. I, you know, I don't know what it's gone up to a hundred million. They would sell anything to do. They would do anything. And that's so sad. And from that time, I understood that if the prize is large enough, even basically good people will abandon their principles to grab that pot of gold. It's very tough. And I had not discovered spiritism yet. But at that point, I knew oh, I'm never going to be rich. That was a big turning point for me. That's when I decided, nope, I'm not going to go back in management again. I, I'm not going to drink that Kool-Aid I'm not going to do things where, you know, I have to lie to people. Now, granted my job, I was somewhat in management. I had some people work for me, but I tried to get out of it. And in my last, I can't remember, six, seven, eight years of my career, I was just mainly a project manager uh, trying to get projects out. I had no one reporting to me, which is the way I wanted it. I did not want that because the things you have to do, as soon as you get even in the middle management, I was an executive before, and the higher you go, the more you have to. And, and this may not be all companies, so 
pardon me if I say this, it could be some companies could be great, but the more you have to check in your conscience and try to try to go against it. Uh, I hope that doesn't occur all the time. I hope that was just my experience. And I'm sure I was given that experience to teach me a lesson, right? That the, the pitfalls of going after and being dishonorable are not worth the stress. I was stressed all the time. I had anxiety. I mean, it was, I had high blood pressure. I don't have that now because I, and if it happens to you, if you feel nervous, you have high blood pressure, it's mostly because you're stressing your body and you're stressing your body because you are doing something that's against your conscience. So, Hopefully, the belief in spiritism and in the doctrine that spells out that we must pay our debts and reincarnate to learn our lessons effectively removes the quest for any ill-gotten gains. There's nothing wrong on making money, on having a product and selling it and treating your employees well. And of course, any company is going to have some things where you think are wrong, right? There's no such thing as, as perfection. And But if there's a company, and I've been on that before, where a company is led by a very honorable CEO or president. Of course, little things would happen, but that, you know, we are on earth, right? We're on a planet of atonement. But overall, the message was one of honorability and doing good things for our customers. And so that's why the, the Spiritist Doctrine, you know, tells us we should not shed our morals for ill-gotten gains, right? We don't, we don't want to risk our future lives and our mortal soul for a brief instant of pleasure. Now, let's do another on the list. Let's call it, let's talk about selflessness. Now, so at first, selflessness may seem to overlap with charity and fraternity, but really the opposite of selflessness, which may, let's talk about the opposite of selflessness, which is selfishness, which may lead us to discover of further situations to avoid. Now, Emanuel Swedenberg, in his book, Heaven and Hell, talks about how... So, well, oh, thank you. Thank you, Jacob. He said, well said. Emanuel Swedenberg, in his book, Heaven and Hell, he talks about how selfishness leads souls to remain tied to the earth and unable to ascend. He marvels at that, since we all must be selfish to some extent. And that's very interesting because when I read the Spirit's book, it said, yeah, you know, selfishness is, is, you know, selfishness and pride are like the key in which is selfishness is the key of holding us back. And of course, he is right, right? We all must be somewhat selfish because otherwise, why would we work? Why would we invent? Why would we open a business, ex expect, you know, accept a gain reward? Why would I try to ascend in the spirit world except to do better, right? That, and that's a somewhat selfish of me. It's more of a quest for self-improvement, right? So he asked the question, how could selfishness be so bad? And he finds the answer in, in this quote, love of self is to wish well to oneself alone and to others only for the sake of self, even, even to the church, one's country, or any human society. It consists also in doing good to all those solely for the sake of one's own reputation, honor, and glory. And unless these are seen in the uses he performs in behalf of others, he says in his heart, How does this concern me? Why should I do this? What shall I get from it? And therefore does not do 
does not do it. So his quote is very good. It's like everything you do, even though it may appear like you are selfless, but you're actually doing it for publicity, which, you know, or recognition, or, you know, something in the future, not just because of the goodness of your heart. So the opposite of accomplishing for the accumulation of possessions for uses of good that can be marshaled for the benefit of others, right? In this case, we use our selfishness, right? Twofold, one to accumulate credit to allow us the power to guide changes in our life or society to use for good. And the other is to use the wealth or part of it directly to benefit those who are in need. That is a good part of selfishness. As one is to get credit so we can use it to help people, to make money, right? Hold it to ourselves, not give it away immediately in order to accumulate capital that we can help more people better, right? And we do that not to make ourselves look good and be condescending. We do that because we, we know we can help better and, we're, and we use our intelligence to, to, you know, to accumulate things, to get things that we can help in a more efficient manner. So therefore, the question to ask yourself, do you perform acts for only what can be given to you in your work? Do you let others fail so you may look better? I know I have done that in the past. I regret that, right? When you try to, you know, you, you let other people, you don't help like you should. Do you take credit for another person's idea? Again, I know I have when I when I wanted to climb that corporate ladder. When I was intent on moving up the corporate ladder, right, I, and saw the tactics utilized by those at the top, I copied them. I didn't feel good about it, I, but I consciously acted selfish in the most base manner with the hope that I, too, could reap rewards, right? I felt like a shark circling the bait ball, picking off the most naive and trusting. What a fool I was, right? Don't... Yes, uh, Jacob, Swedenberg, yes, Swedenberg, Emmanuel Swedenberg. He came about, oh, 50 years, a little bit more than 50 years before Alan Kardec. I believe he was one of the precursors of Alan Kardec. He... he um, talked about many things the spirit world and uh, I think he prepared some people for Alan Kardec so don't do yourself don't be like me right get in the habit of getting credit where credit is due help those out who need a boost even though it may reduce your share of the raise pool because look companies do that right they have a and this is why people do that and they attack other people and I, <laughs> it's so sad and they go, well, there's only a race pool, and then we're only given the top 10%. They get the vast majority, or, you know, I'm sure you've all heard these things. And then it pits other people against other people, right? It's so sad. But that's, you know, that's capitalism. And I believe capitalism still the most efficient way out there. I am totally against any socialism or communism, because what does it do? Yeah, and Jacob says, I've wrestled a lot with these thoughts because they're so intricate. Absolutely, they are intricate. That's why, you know, you just have to learn as we go. But, you know, socialism promises to share, you know, equally in communism. And, you know, they, you know, they take, there's no personal, um, personal, uh, uh, you know, uh, companies or property, personal property is the word I was looking for. But it's wrong. The spirit world doesn't want us to do that because, remember, we're on the planet of atonement. 
And, you know, for these people who, you know, say, oh, I hate companies, right? I hate, I hate private business. I want, you know, I think government should own anything. And I, I talk, I think to myself, well, if you think the people who are in government can be any different than the people who are in, in business, at least smaller businesses, you know, businesses are smaller. They're not governments. They don't have tanks and armies. They can go broke. You can't make, you know, you have to have a revolution to get rid of a government. It doesn't work. It puts too much power in two corrupt and incompetent people's hands. We see that all the time. We see that with Venezuela today. People are starving. There are idiots in charge of that company, country. North Korea, right? Cuba. What a, a horrible society. They, they don't let people out. You know, you know, some people think it's great. It's not. You, if you really dive deep, they don't have freedom. It doesn't work. Spirit World wants us to be responsible. And I actually talked about this on the 4th of July on my program, What Kind of Government the Spirit World Wants. You should check that out on my YouTube or my BitChute channel. So, but what it does hopefully says in the future that if we start companies or we're part of a company, we treat everybody honorable. Capitalism would work much better if we were all honorable if we were all spiritists right and we we gave credit where credit is due treated everybody nicely we tried to help people people who may have failed at one job we try to find a place for them doesn't mean that some people don't need to be fired I, I totally see that but you try your hardest to fit someone be productive of course you still need to make a profit because how else you're going to measure what you're doing works or not but at least we try a balance so help Help out those who need a boost, even though it may reduce your share of the raise pool at the end of the year. Some enterprises may wish to pit us against each other like fighting dogs, but that doesn't mean we have to play the game. So what's next? Spiritualism, right? That should be easy. We can all bless others and read more about how to improve. And yes, that is certainly part of the equation. However, as we ponder our spirituality listening to radio and our, you know, satellite radio, maybe in our least car while wearing the latest fashion, do we feel the weight of materialism pulling down on us like gravity to earth? And the reverse of spiritualism is materialism. This And this is our culture. And in fact, in the books by uh, Reverend G. Bao, and I talk about this in my series of three books, Heaven and Below, Spirit and the Spirit Universe, and How We Are Guided by Spirits, let me bring this book up so you can see which one I'm talking about. Oh, it went too, too many. Sorry about that. I talk about what they, what the high spirits told the Reverend Givowen is that our whole culture is approaching the, you know, the, the, you know, the, the, the very top of materialism. We and hopefully this ship will turn, turn around, and we will our next generation right our generations that come will i'll say they'll know that there's a void right and and materialism does not fill the void of wanting to be spiritual wanting to know god wanting to follow your heart wanting to be something better and and having these artificial ideologies where you want to hurt other people that's not the answer the answer is for you to be good right the end doesn't justify the means. The means justify the end, right? You must have a good means. And that's why it's important for us to 
increase our spirituality. So materialism, right? It 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 constitutes it constitutes our an age old struggle between focusing our thoughts higher toward our moral qualities or lower toward our immediate desires. Oh hello soul. So after all, we work hard and we deserve a reward, don't we? But maintaining that balance is difficult, and I've been on that side. And, you know, there's nothing wrong. And I, and I don't want to say you become a monk, right? There's nothing wrong with material pleasures, as long as they aren't the driving factor in our existence. As an example, you work two jobs to afford that new car, while your kids are left to figure out their homework and problems on their own. This type of behavior may signal that your priorities need to be somewhat altered. The whole, you know, the, the main idea is to own your possessions. Don't let them own you. Know that you can live simply and in the process be stress-free by little acts of denial. The spirit world tells us over and over again is denying yourself is like pruning a tree. The tree gr grows back stronger. So do you, right? There is a whole movement for simpler simpler living currently thriving full of people who realize that burdening themselves with a mountain of debt really doesn't buy happiness just the contrary it brings worries and anxiety this movement is part of the spirit world giving us waves of emotion of saying of telling us yes you need to increase your spirituality materialism you know it's like people say once you don't believe in god you believe in anything and we see that with fanatics all around, right? It's, it's, you know, that's why you need to look at above. There's something above you. You're on earth for a reason. You're on earth, very important. You're on earth, not only important for yourself, but for those around you. So if you think you can't cut, cut back because of what your friends would say, right? Then are they really your friends? If they are your friends, then they don't care more for the latest gadget than you. It is you they want to associate with and you that they wish to be part of their lives. So instead of shopping, which is a very momentarily pleasure, right? Pick up a book or search the internet for information about spiritism and read it. Learn what is gained by making small changes in your life. And so the main theme, especially in our life, is keep learning and training yourself, right? The purpose of the list I just I just went through is to guide us to appreciate that by focusing our energies on knowledge and understanding others with love and caring, we enable our pure spirit. We lighten the ties that connect us to earth. As we gain wisdom, we realize that everything in the physical world evolves into decay. Every building, every statue will one day be dust. One day, the earth, the sun, and the entire solar system shall be dead planets shrouded in darkness. But you, as an immortal soul, shall remain performing good works on other planets and other universes. Therefore, this life, we don't have any, we don't take anything with us but what's in here. And if we improve what's in our mind, which, and we improve our personality, our character, it will make all the difference in the, in the world. So therefore, with that knowledge, train yourself to be in the habit to think positive thoughts, to wish all well. Bless those unfortunates as you pass them by. Restrain your malicious gossip and concentrate building up 
others. You may not be recognized in this life. And that's what's, you know, I've seen so many different communication spirits that say, you know, the important people around you in your society and culture are not recognized. No one knows about them. Well, it's not true, not no one, but they're not publicized. They're the little people. They're, they're the people who, who help the family on the weekends. They are the doctors without border that goes and, and, and helps these, you know, that you never see. These people that you see on TV programs, you know, I'm sure some of them are good, but most of them are that part of selfishness where they do things to make themselves look better, right? Or they do it for power. For those of us who are really good, recognize. Recognize that person and be that person. Believe me, eventually you won't care that you, no one said, oh, this person is great. No, you won't care. That's not what you're here for. You're here to make yourself better and you're here to help others. And if you try to get on your way to perfection, no one's going to have perfection in one life or a thousand lives most probably, but it's the trajectory that's important. And if you just try to improve yourself a little bit better every life, you'll have the ability to aid others more effectively and yourself in your subsequent lives. And in your subsequent lives, you will go through less rigorous trials. In fact, in the book uh, Planetary Transition by Devaldo Franco by the spirit Neo Luso, they were talking about higher spirits that have come to Earth, right, from another planet, uh, I think a planet of regeneration, but, you know, later in regeneration i'm sure there's phases of everything and they have they don't have to go through hard trials they said and he was asked okay so what kind of trials do these people go through are they going to have tragedy or are they going to all this type of stuff and they said no they'll have the little things they'll have viruses and you know maybe some sickness but they won't have the great illnesses they won't go bankrupt they won't be in car accidents they will be here. They will come to Earth. These people who have volunteered to come on this planet, they will be doctors and teachers who will say, you know, this is, you know, you're not here for the money. You're here to help people. There'll be politicians that will try to help people. They will be people who will be examples to others. Their lives will not be full of tragedies because they have, they don't have to learn. They don't have to be educated in those things. And that's why the more you can do now, the better off you will be in your later lives and lives, right? Later life now and in your life. I cannot tell you enough how much it will make a difference to you. So I want to end this again for one, one more time is if you really want to know how to ascend, I recommend you read my book, How to Live Inner Peace of Spiritism. I'll have the links down below on my YouTube and BitChute channel. You can go to my uh, blog, NW Spiritism. I have everything on the right-hand corner. If you would like to talk to me, which I'm, a lot of people have, have already hooked up, please go to spiritismstudy.org. Go to that page. You scroll down a little bit, and then you can schedule your time with myself, Sergio. There might be other people volunteering now. I just had a, a conversation with a wonderful person today. We talked about a lot of things, had asked a lot of questions. And I love talking to people because I learned so much. It's just amazing how much I learned compared to when they talked to me. Oh, and Jacob, oh, thank you, Jacob. I really appreciate that. So 
I mean, this is and you know, I, I you know, and when people talk to me, I learn a lot from them, from them. And as I want to end this with saying, you know, don't believe just because I'm telling you something. Spiritism tells us to believe in the spirit world. Read, read what you can, right? Understand it, but scientifically and rationally, I know. People, when I say that, they look at it. Well, I can say spirit world scientifically and rationally. Well, I can say that because I've had events happen to me that are you cannot explain, right? I've had future events told to me that happened way in advance, right? And then they happen nine months later. How could that anybody know that? People have had aunts and uncles tell them things. People have had NDEs. If you sit and meditate, you will discover the linchpins, the foundation on which to base your faith. And from that foundation, then study more. Look at the Spirit's book. Look at my books. Look at other books by Chico Xavier. They're wonderful. The books by uh, uh, Andre, the whole series by Andre Luis. There's everything out there. It's there sitting on the table. And really what I'm trying to, to convey is the more you research this, the more you understand what's going on with your life, and the more you understand what's going on in your life, you can motivate yourself to improve because there's a reason to improve and you don't feel so bad when things don't go as you wish because they were destined not to in order to teach you a very valuable lesson. So be thankful for those lessons. I know it's easier said than done, of course, but be thankful for those lessons. So I want to say, everyone, God bless everyone. Good night. Um, please share this this live stream video to other people on Facebook. Go to my YouTube channel. Hit the subscribe button, etc. Right? I I want to just bless everyone, and I will say good night.